0: Yeah. Highlights of the week. We all got to see uh big DJ Royalty for his birthday, man. I want to say happy belated birthday. Although we got to see you like on the birthday. So Yeah, happy yeah. Birthday. Happy birthday, man. Appreciate
1: you. Appreciate you. Appreciate y'all coming out. Appreciate hanging out with the crew.
0: I did learn heart. that Al Hero's very, huh? very good at pool. Oh, there you go. I'm not. <laughs> yeah.
2: I I get super lucky. That's kind of the story of my life, right?
0: I don't know. He was talking mad trash when I came in, and then he stopped. I don't know what happened. I beat you (laughs) once. Once.
1: Truth be told, Matt Johnson is a pool shark.
0: Not at all. Not at all. I got lucky.
2: Yeah. Bro, you probably playing in tournaments and all kind of shit. Bro, you probably in a, in a league, Sorry, You yeah, your own Your own You brought
0: iPhone.
2: Bro, you brought gloves out, your own stick in a case, <laughs> not lying. You yeah, had a yeah. jersey on and shit. I did I did the, the whole bro. Chalk. chalk. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Chalk yeah. in his
1: pocket. Pocket in his Yeah. yeah.
2: Pocket chalk. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah.
3: Sorry, What's dude. up, Ty? Not much, man. I um uh, I went to the Pink concert last night.
1: Yeah. How was that? Did you get some glitter splashed on your forehead?
3: All over. I, drink she, her, flew, I drink, she flew I drink around her the whole water. place. It was crazy. It was. Uh, it's yeah. pretty awesome. Matt was with me. Yep, yep that was a good. Concert, yeah, I seen man. the
2: pictures. It's pretty cool. I drink Pink's bathwater in a heartbeat. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Brandi Carlile was pretty good too. I mean, that, yeah. that that lady can sing. She put on a show. Yep.
2: I'd I never would... seen her, but I fuck it. I'll drink her bathwater too.
1: Well, speaking of stars <laughs> and and celebrities, man, what do you guys think about that? vet versus salary hey. softball game
2: shout out to my boy paul wall they dudes, that's a that's a good that's a, actually a good dude so same thing with uh with with uh bubba wesley i like that guy too i think he bubba was
1: good him. What was it coffee coffee uh anderson i always want to say johnson i want to just give him a black name but anderson works <laughs>
2: <laughs> coffee I mean, he, anderson he I and mean, he likes white women so you can call him whatever right. you want probably
3: i you got,
1: know, got a hug from, from a wrestler that was nice but yeah, when I was, found out how big her husband was, oh, I was like, ooh. WWE oh
3: superstar Raquel yeah, Rodriguez. Man. Yeah. But then when I
1: saw who her husband was, I was like, oh, maybe.
0: I just, uh, I think it was kind of dirty how the celebrities let the veterans feel good the entire game. They got to the last inning and they put the whooping on them. And then the yeah. veterans was like, ooh, we forgot to have to hit a hit ball. Yeah. They played pretty good, though. They lost by one. It's all right. Yeah. Raising money for them to take vets out to play in tournaments all over, it's a good deal.
2: Well, I interviewed a lot of those vets, and a lot of them were like comm marines or pogues, as, as I like to friendly call them in a, in a friendly manner, the pogues. So I'm pretty sure they, they weren't like the guys I remember playing softball in the military, bro. These dudes were all like admin Navy people. And so, I mean, pr- props to you guys, but y'all y'all let us down. I heard Ty's <laughs> voice at the end. Like, he just seemed like just disappointed. Like, he seemed yeah, hurt yeah. at the end of the game.
0: <clears throat> Me and Ty were in there the whole time. We were, Ty was like, We're gonna execute the battle plan. It's gonna get on. The veterans gonna come through. They planned this. And then at the end, Ty was like, shit, that didn't work. <laughs>
3: oh yeah. Hey uh CM Burkeen, Dustin's gonna be on. He's on he's backstage right now. We're making him wait. He's uh you know making he's, he's doing push-ups, he's doing push-ups right now. He's doing push-ups like he's about to go
2: on his first date, getting his chest buffed up, <laughs> shining up shining up the forehead, getting it ready. <laughs> baby oil on his chest, looking all shiny and sexy. Yeah,
1: he's on. Yeah. So, shots out too to, to the—is it the Space Cowboys? Yep. Am I yeah. saying that right? The facility. I mean, they gave us—they gave us the 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 red carpet treatment, man. They gave us access all over. We appreciate it. You know, let us get on the field. We were like up close and personal with the big dog. So, we do want to give a special shout out to them and thanks for allowing us inside of their quarters. To do what we do as a triple threat vet podcast, players in the building, yeah. Mm-hmm. Big bear, I, Hulk, got, a little, I got
3: a little clip from the game. Mind if I show the uh, Paul Wall clip for you? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Let, me, let me let me show this for you. This is uh, this is Who's our four DJ royalty, Scott Blake yeah. and Al Hero, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, chopping Face it up time. with uh, a Houston legend. The people's champ. Uh, people's champ. Paul Wall.
1: Yeah, Paul Wall on the podcast.
3: Yeah. Oh okay. what, what, what? You know, I had a, a, what hit, the I had a, a hit in
1: the RBI. Uh-huh. My hit only took only took me twenty five strikes.
3: And I seen you. Sw- I seen you
1: switching up. <laughs> up. <laughs> I seen you switching up. my other one where I was out, but uh, you
3: know,
1: only about thirty
4: five strikes. When you yeah. walked up and did the little light tossing, <laughs> Yeah, you
1: know, yeah, yeah. When you were on your mechanic, when you were working on your... When working on your, when working on your yeah, yeah. You know, well, I so thought
4: gonna that was going to bring the, the
1: tea. I thought yeah, that was going to bring team the tea out I for I you. Did, you know, I actually was the MVP of T-Ball. <laughs> <laughs> they took my name out of the head when I was in the <laughs> yeah. But I still got my trophy. Yes, know? sir. You I'm still, gonna, still uh, represent the of H-Town. For yeah, sure. Absolutely. You're a fan favorite out here at man We you. Thank you. Thank you for coming out and doing what you do, man. We really appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. People's champ in the building, Paul Wall at his finest. Yeah, yeah I mean, talk was, about that strikeout Nice. Woo!
0: Yeah,
1: he had a lot of money in his mouth. Oh, he yeah. Had a lot of money in there. All right, uh, greased up and ready. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's hilarious. Well, what
1: you think, fellas? I think it's about that time of the day.
3: Yeah, let I'm me go ahead and introduce my brother. So yep. I, I deployed with this guy um, in 2007, and we were in the same MP battalion uh, for probably whenever he got there. He was in 194 until he left in 2009. I left in December of 2009. So we, we ate a lot of the same road. So if I get emotional tonight, it, it could be just like I was with fight. This guy is somebody that I actually been to combat with and, and knows my story. I know his a lot of his story. So we're going to talk to Dusty Rudd. Um, he's going to talk about his uh, service. He's going to talk about his healing using psychedelics. Uh, we did post an article early, earlier from the VA about psychedelics, so check that out too. But without further ado, I want to bring on. Before
1: yeah. Before you do, I'm sorry, Ty. I don't mean to interrupt. Oh, I, it's just all had, good? I just had a quick question before you bring him in. So you yeah. said you went on a couple of, of deployments with him. Now, is it? Did it count for two for him? Like one for him and one for his forehead, or did it all count as one? Like did they have to? Well,
3: I mean, here's the funny part: is like, uh, technically, he got there a day before us. Like oh, we, we got head, there a little bit after midnight. First. So his forehead got, got there early. So got, he got, got that. It. He got the full thirty day <laughs> combat pay for like June, he, he, and then we got he there, had there in July. The
0: perimeter set before everybody walked first of all,
2: y'all better get out, my yeah. boy. He's a Georgia boy. He gets, a free, right. he gets a free pass. He gets a free pass.
1: Look, he's he's cool, man. We 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 mess around with him, man. But you know, what I mean, he he could he packs a heavy punch, man, and he he takes it well. So that's why I give him the shit. But he knows we love him, man. So yeah. let's go ahead and bring him on in for he comes. Yeah, in Yeah. Without well, further ass. ado,
3: uh, Staff Sergeant Army Veteran Dusty Rudd. Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
1: sorry. Sorry, I, 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 Come on, sometime. Sorry. I, 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 I.
4: My head my head came on before my my, uh, my voice did. Sorry guys. Oh
1: <laughs> man, Dusty, that's almost as bad as that guy that plays for Boston. And he wears that damn headband. I can't remember. I know he's from Colorado. I can't think of his name right now, but he wears the oh my gosh, man. He gets on, bro. We just die laughing, me and my kids, but it's all good, bro. We love you. It's it like man.
4: uh Trey Lance, man. I said Trey Lance uh has got a bet- better shot of his eyebrows meeting his forehead <laughs> than he does getting it Dallas into the playoffs. I'll tell you what, it's one of those things, man. You got, you got that Peyton Manning gene. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Man. So Dusty, uh, just to get things started, can you, uh, tell us a little bit about where you grew up?
4: Yeah. So I grew up, um, on the state line of Tennessee and Georgia, um, Depends on what day of the week it is, is what I'll tell you where I'm from. Um, however, I went to <laughs> all my schooling was in Tennessee, even though I was born in Georgia. Um, and so that being said, I ended up doing the military uh, out of the Knoxville MEPS. So um, I uh, my background is kind of suburban, but with a little bit of mix of uh, farming. I uh, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents, so I was I was out farming from 5 a.m. until phew, my grandfather said it was done. Um, and so uh, that was the kind of where I got my drive and determination and and, and work ethic was my grandfather my grandmother. And I kind of carried that along through my life, and it kind of pushed me into the military within with a certain respect. Yeah.
3: You you know I'm from Corbin, Kentucky, that, that southeastern yep. Kentucky yep. uh, area. So I know mm-hmm. the area that we're from there, the Ohio Valley area. It's the Bible Belt, and then people absolutely love the military. So either you grow up and you, you either become a farmer, a horse racer, maybe you make some bourbon, or you play real good basketball and go to Kentucky or Tennessee, and then, or you join the military. So when did you join the military?
4: Uh, so um, I actually joined the military uh, about six months out of high school. Um, real quick, funny story. I actually – my business management class my freshman year, I had a guy from the U.S. Marshals come and talk to me and said, gave a whole spiel about things. And at the end of a spiel, he was like, hey, this is the path to become a U.S. Marshal. And in that path, he said military, um, law enforcement, law enforcement, to detective, detective to U.S. Marshal. So after high school, I had a check in hand to go to the college. I wanted to. And I said, you know what? I don't feel like I should do it. But then I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to do the military, but I wasn't sure. I ended up joining the military on a whim. Um, I, I wanted to do it, but it was it kind of took me off guard when I actually joined. It wasn't something that I had set in place at the time. I knew I always wanted to, but I wasn't set on the date. And uh, yeah. for me, time, police charges I, will do that
0: to you, Dusty, make yeah. you go quick. Jail yeah. Army, you're like, fuck it, where do I
2: sign?
4: I would. Hey, hey, I, when I was younger, I was I was a good kid.
0: <laughs> <That everybody laughs>
3: no, he when he was younger. Well, I so when you when t- you, when you t- joined t- the military did you know you wanted to be an mp
4: so yeah so um the mp position uh i got i got an option and everybody gets everybody gets this option in the military in the army they always say oh i had a ranger option with airborne school you yeah, whatever i did have that option hand to god did and i said no i i want to i want to go to mp because i want to take that position into the u.s marshals eventually um, so that's why I joined military police, um, which for some reason, my recruiter was like, yeah, you won't go to deploy. <laughs>
3: they said you wouldn't.
0: What a good recruiter.
3: <laughs> uh, that was a damn lie. Especially at Fort Campbell. Jeez.
4: Hey, somebody drove that re- through that recruiting station while I was in basic training. Yeah. <laughs> Purposely. <laughs> wow. That's all I'm saying.
3: All right. So what was your first duty station?
4: So I, I went um, straight out of basic training right into Leonard, or, uh, Fort Campbell. So I probably uh, July of 4 I went to Fort Campbell, and my unit had just got back from the initial push in Iraq. The um, the OIF one driving across Kuwait, straight into combat. Um, they had just gotten back months prior. And by the time I got to the unit, they said, hey, by the way, we're deploying uh, back to Iraq in December of uh, 03 or 04. Excuse me. And I was like, oh, great. Well, there's no there's no rest on this one. We're going straight into the fight.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And and just for everyone's edification, we were both in the 716th MP Battalion from M04, me 99 until I think we both left in 2009. Right.
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, latter part of 09, I left uh to go to Leonard One.
3: Right. I think I left in like December of 2009 to finish uh, SLC or ALC at the time. That's a whole story. What,
0: what's funny yeah. is Alberto there, shout out to Berto on the podcast as always. He said that it sounds like that recruiter they were looking for was Al. But Berto, you got it wrong. They just had the wrong address because Al would give out Marine Corps business cards <laughs> or Army business cards. And so that's why they went in the wrong place and he knew to get out of there. That's right. All (laughs) I'm saying is years
4: later, that's the same recruiting station at Chattanooga that Neb um, had the issues that it did.
3: Yep. So That's uh, crazy. I think uh, our friend, uh, Steph Sergeant Hughes, was there. I think he lives there, and he was there when that happened, I'm pretty sure. I'm not positive, but that's crazy (laughs) to hear about that. I'm surprised he wasn't in, uh, you know, taking somebody out when they did that. All right, hey, so uh, your service (laughs) as an MP, I'm trying to – look at my list here. I want to talk about the warfighter team because uh, here, here's what I remember from from Dusty. I remember the Sergeant Major t- telling me that, that we're going to have two warfighter teams, Sergeant Major Palmer, and he was like, he was gung-ho that we were going to win the thing. And um, exactly. Thank you, Sergeant Major. Future guest on the podcast right there. But uh, talk to me about the preparation. Because the stuff that you went through for that, I watched out my window. I prepped. I had to, you know, be at certain places at three o'clock in the morning to, you know, do whatever Cribbin said, or, or you got three yep. o'clock in
4: the morning. Thank you. you well, got lucky. yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> I, but I was, we you know. were still
4: going from the night before.
3: The process. Navy, bro. I really am. Cause
2: we didn't get up till seven.
4: So, uh, the warfighter process, man, that was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Cause it's, it's everything about the military you hear about. It's all the fun stuff, and I say fun stuff: the crucible and the Marine Corps. The you mm-hmm. know all that's it's only angle related to, so. and then all this stuff is like the obstacle courses, the freaking ruck marches, the land navigation, tearing apart weapons blindfolded, upside down, naked, getting freaking waterboarded while you're doing it. Somebody hitting you with paintballs, whatever you're you know whatever you're fancying, they're doing it to you. Um, no, we we trained. All the time. That's all we did. That was the only thing that we knew for probably two months. But it was we timed it perfectly because what they did was we had an expedited warfighter uh, team because they had just finished the annual warfighter. And for some reason, they started up something probably six months later. So what happened was our team did it perfectly. Uh, Warfighter was in April that year, I believe, and we timed it for it. February as the qualification and and basically tryouts and we sent I think it I don't know how many people actually went to try out but it was between the entire battalion and we sent just a ton of people we flooded um we flooded the unit with 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 bodies and once we made the team there was so there's three men on each team and then two alternates so we had eight men on the team and absolutely everybody went through everything. I was an alternate. Okay. So I was an alternate. I actually was the sixth man or, or the 12th man or whatever you want to consider it. I wasn't even actually on the team that won. I was just a standing. I did everything they did. There was no, there just because I was an alternate didn't mean we didn't get to, you know, get all the crap. And so we did it morning, noon, and night. It was absolutely, you know, 72 hours, no sleep. We would do a 16 mile ruck march into a land nav course. The land nav course, go back to the unit, get to the unit. They give you a freaking Rubbermaid 10 full of just military parts. And it's all, it's at 50 cal, it's a Mark 19, it's an M4, it's a freaking saw. Hey, by the way, you're blindfolded, figure out which this goes to. And oh, what we're timing you. And you have five minutes.
3: Did, did you know this going in that that was going to happen? No.
4: I got volunteer. I got voluntold by my unit because I had a good PT score. Uh, y'all know I'm right. stupid, right?
3: What was your PT <laughs> score on the extended scale, Rudd? Which time? The the best time.
4: Uh three sixty-three on right. three hundred.
3: Podcast is over. We, we ain't did gotta go no further. So needless to say, what I'm trying to uh say is that uh Rudd was the he personified uh, resiliency and he personified, you know, training your body and your mind to learn everything about your MOS, as well as going and carrying the flag, literally carrying the flag for our battalion and his company 194 and go to a litterwood and just absolutely showed up and showed out. I thought it was amazing. Uh, you know, other than all the deployment stuff we had that I was really one of the proudest things I remember from all you guys is, you know, something we did at Fort Campbell. So, Thanks for that. Uh, all right, this is uh this is the part I want to get into. So let's let's start talking about some of your traumatic experiences that uh, led to, you know, your use of psychedelics. Just start start talking about a little bit of it, and then we'll uh, we'll come back to it there at the end. Go ahead, buddy.
1: And Dust, I um, wore my sage. I wore my sage just in case you break down. I'm gonna break down with you, brother. Cause oh I'm 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 no,
4: there's it's. I'm not sure if it's gonna happen right now, but it'll happen. Okay. So uh, my first deployment, man, that. I, I was too young to understand what was going on. Mentally, I was too young to understand. I was too in the fight. I was too gung-ho. I was too conditioned to understand that that there's a reality going on around me that isn't reality, that isn't normal, that isn't something that we should feel. And to the point that we used to laugh about it. We used to laugh about it, smoke and mm-hmm. joke and all that stuff. Man, you, you get by an IED, you roll out, you're just like – grab a cigarette just roll through you're staying up you're you're staying in your room your entire room just gets annihilated by freaking small on fire like you're literally standing outside of your door you look outside and just you see rounds and tracers going directly in front of your hallway not your not like you know overhead or something like literally you could it's it's like almost like you're standing under an awning and there's rain in front of you and you can see it all hitting in front of you that's how it was. Like, literally, if you would have taken it one step forward, it was going to be in your dome piece. Done. Wow. Stood there and watched it like it was nothing. And then two seconds later, after the fire stopped, you threw on a helmet, your vest, and PTs and ran out and tried to freaking figure out what was going on and return fire. Wow. I, I'm not sure how that was normal, but that was normal. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy
2: kind of goes back to what Berto said last week or the week before about the age, right? The, the the age at you know 25 years old, you know, being like the age of where your brain is actually you know can you know conducive to to an an environment like that. But anything before that, right? You're just not mentally developed as especially as a male, right? To 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 under really understand what we were doing and really comprehend all the ramifications of what combat actually looks like and what it does to you mentally. And and even physically, right? So yeah, that goes back to kind of what he touched on as well. How old were you when you were on your first hump, Dustin?
4: Um, I was nineteen. So I yeah. I turned uh so I think I turned nineteen in basic training, went to my first unit at nineteen and then my deployment, um the the beginning part uh was nineteen, latter part I was twenty. Um IEDs, mortars, you name it, man, it was just commonplace. I mean, we were oh, out there just acting a fool on purpose, you know, yeah. just just to just to catch contact. Walking out into the city with freaking AT4 strapped on your back with a freaking IR sensor on your head in the middle of a freaking um restoring rights. Um, at the time my, my first appointment we did the restoring rights mission, which was kind of the same thing they did in Fallujah and shock yep. and awe and all that. Yep, sure. uh, was, uh, I was up in Talifar and we watched we watched from our lodging lodging what do you want to call it where we were where we <laughs> slept at night.
2: Fucking connex um, <laughs> <pond> boxes, yeah.
4: <laughs> we had a we had a JP medium for an entire. There you uh, go. Platoon, basically, <laughs> um, and just just wrecking the city, just absolutely annihilating it. Knowing the next day you're going out there and you're going to have to assault or or, or court on or or check and see what's going on, who's left, because any like left in sector at that time was considered hostile. It yep. was fire on, you know, it was it was shoot on site, There was no questionings. It was like who was there. They're not supposed to be there. We gave you two weeks to get out. If right. they're still there, if they're still pieced together, hey, they're Let getting God's out, somewhere out right? Yeah, Exactly. The old hearts no. and
2: mind, right? Two in the heart, one in the mind kind of deal. And that's and that's
4: <clears throat> what, I mean, that's – we – I was away from the flag calls and anything on the unit, so we were kind of on our own little – I was with O. Brookshire. Um, he was my uh, platoon leader at the time. And so we and kind went of operated on our own – yeah, he was my he was my first he was actually my first platoon leader.
3: Funny enough,
0: Before you're starting um,
3: first class, so he's one of the few officers that automatically. Yeah, he got went a bat all the way for me <laughs> um, again.
0: So Dusty, um, I got a question for you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You said that you and I know you and Ty, you guys deploy a lot together. So you said that first when you're 19. So I know that you're getting into the, the tail end of it, but I'm I'm curious to know. At what point or where were you? Were you downrange or were you back home where it started to turn for you, where you started to realize like, hey, I need to like something's not right, something's not going on? Where did you start to to kind of feel that journey starting for you where you stopped going, oh well it's just normal running run the middle of the street with, with all that stuff on and invite and, and that danger? At what point did it turn for you? So it's funny you say that, Matt. Um, so my
4: entire deployment, my first deployment, I my mentality was I became a savior for my entire truck because mm. my driver had a family. My team leader had a wife, and they had their own thing that was was crucial to them. For me, I had nothing. I had my, yeah. my mom and dad and my sisters. So oh, I, was just, I was young. So for me, I was the one that was going to go for it. I was the one that was going to take the bullet. I was the one that was going to fall. We had three, we had three body bags in the back of our truck at all times mm-hmm. for me, for them, each one of them. Wow. So that's a mentality you have. So you don't, you don't think about that. You, You. like I, I'm thinking about it now and it's like, oh, wow. Right. I was a black bag in the back of a truck. Right. That's what happened.
1: A black bag waiting didn't to happen.
4: Dawn on me. So you know- to answer your question, Matt, it didn't dawn on me until I got back to the States and I started picking fights with anything and everything and i realized well no i didn't realize that sorry i i didn't realize it i didn't that's what's crazy is i went through so much and still never caught on to the fact that this is resonating so much deeper than what it was i was i was i was picking fights with guys at bars i was literally hoping somebody would get into altercation with a girlfriend of mine or a friend of mine or anybody i would show up pull it behind him in a freaking parking lot and be like let's do this I was just nah, ready to kill. Oh, I, I climbed over a drum set in a bar after somebody just because somebody said they were hitting on her in the bar. I was like, "Let's wow. do this."
1: You know, it was, uh, wasn't me. That's crazy, man. Because you know, um, a lot of people when they when they when it comes to this military thing, they don't understand that bond. And and like you were saying, it, it, it comes a point that this is our lifestyle. This is what we do. This is what we signed up to do. And a lot of people can't understand like how you had to think. That you were you were willing to give your life so that other people that you felt had a family or had something to lose, you didn't want that to happen for them. That was how much you cared about your unit, right? And I think that a lot of people don't understand how that can even be. like That doesn't make sense to some people, but it makes total sense to all of us because we know that that common bond that we have is just that camaraderie and that unity and that brotherhood that we have. That's all that we have to get us through. Any of the situations, that's what we have to get us through, missing home, missing our kids, missing everything, is that camaraderie. And we find laughter in things that will make a normal person break down, man. And it's amazing how you broke that down. And I appreciate you sharing that because I, I have another thing that I, to, to add with that, but I'm not for time's sake and camera time. But it's amazing, man. That It gave me goosebumps hearing that because I, I totally understand where you're coming from on that.
4: To answer your question, Matt, it happened – three weeks into my second deployment okay um, it didn't dawn on me until i had a wife a son that was three weeks old and an adopted kid that was two years old um to the point that i was i i got to i was actually late to deployment i don't know if you remember that time i was actually late to deployment because my ex-wife actually delivered um give or take a couple of days between when we redeployed or deployed to the second deployment and so i was three weeks late i got to um baghdad and i was like i got a family
0: <laughs> well you were now put into the, the position of the people in the first deployment that you were right. to protect so now i i don't know maybe you can tell maybe you're looking around now at that point and you're trying to figure out who's going to be that guy for me and so when it when it comes to that that's the, the good point that Scott and you brought up when you get into those situations what you have is each other right um but that's interesting that it took you staying birth a child getting over there and stepping off and going oh wait a minute this is different than the last time it's it's not the same as it was that's a thank you for like Scott said thank you for sharing I mean it's a it's just completely something that a lot of people don't understand and they mm-hmm. and, and sometimes they they say they want to understand but when you start telling them they yeah. you know they kind of back away and oh, they the full
2: they damn sure don't trust me and, and and with Dusty and Ty it's it's you know the same thing right you come home and they ask, people want to ask you right are you okay is everything good like they really don't want to know the shit that goes on downrange. they really don't and it's funny what you mentioned like you know, the guys on your truck and the things you did and then kind of Scott kind of touched on it as well and then matched the same thing right but it's funny because you know it's it would be great to, to say oh we're all fucking patriots and we do this for god and country but the heart the fact and the truth is i didn't do none of that shit for god and country at the time i didn't i did it for the the people with me the guys right. on my left and to my right there was not a single thing at one at any time in any of my combat deployment right did i ever be like shit i'm out here for america fucking freedom it was like No, I'm out here because my boy Lonnie Martinez and Chris Bisbee and all, you know, all these people on the team. Right. That's who I was there for, because I was like, you they got families, they got kids. We all need to go home and see those people again. Right. Fuck. Fuck that flag right now. Like this is we're in the mix. We're in the moment. So Dusty's spot the fuck on, bro. It wasn't it was never God in country at that moment. Now. Looking back, you no, know, we're like, hey, we're patriots, and we did it for our country. But the fact was, I did it because some fucker told me I had to go there and do it. <laughs> and I'm going to do the best at it that I can. But I'm really doing it for yeah. my brothers to the left and right of me. That was the bottom line. Yeah.
3: So I, I'll tell you something about about Dusty. He uh he was a sergeant during the first deployment. You were a specialist, right, or you might have been a corporal or something. How was the it? second, three? Okay. It, three? the The second nice. deployment in 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 Baghdad, he was a sergeant. I think he got his promotable status while he was there. I know he's eventually a staff sergeant, but he was there to do PSD for our battalion commander. And so not only did he have the battalion commander to worry about, which was actually a I'm cousin of mine. My... Yeah, go I ahead. Was,
4: I was there for Jeff. <laughs> I was not there for the commander. I was there for Jeff.
3: Yeah, okay. <laughs> I got you. I got you. But he was the Sorry. PSD team for our command team and our command team committed uh, uh, consisted of a guy named Daryl Johnson from Tennessee, who is, is loosely one of my relatives, and he's a hard-headed dude, but a very, very awesome guy. I deployed with him multiple times, too. And then, you know, you had Jeffrey Palmer, Sergeant Major Jeffrey Palmer, and then the Operations Sergeant Major was Rich Woodring, uh, so who later became the Command Sergeant Major. So those people uh, held them to a very high standard, and we all knew it because that team that was picked – to go to that 07 deployment with HHD. This was the first time where MPs were going to like, they were talking about being landowners and they, you know, we had this and we had to run mm-hmm. that and we were operating as, you know, a brigade minus And even though we were under a brigade, so it was a very special group of people they brought together for this deployment and the, the standards that, that we did and the beautification we did of pad 15 while you guys were there. I mean, Everybody there was top-notch, and these guys were the leaders of that, uh, Stephen Cribben mm-hmm. and, and Dusty Rudd. So uh, kudos to you. Hey, Dusty, we're going to step away for a second and uh, pay the bills, but when we do get back, we'll get into, uh, you know, more of your of your spiral and then some of the healing stuff we're going to talk about. So yeah, be sir, right, ladies Robert. And gentlemen, and right, we're buddy. here
1: with Dusty Rudd, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
3: yeah. All right. Hey, so you want me to go ahead and pay the bills or – or, Yo, let's do it hey, Ty, let's do Ty, it. Ty, Ty, real gonna, quick, is wood is, there, is wood
2: Woodring is the one who's coming on in a, in a couple of weeks with us
3: yeah
2: is he the one that looks like he invented the knife hand like that's the guy
3: yeah he's he's oh, okay. the, uh, he he's, looks
2: like he invented this he looks like he invented this move right here like what mother he looks like this mm-hmm. guy right here like i like him already i Bring can still up. remember
3: him standing on top of the first sergeant's desk as he would beat the first sergeant's desk up about soldiers uh issues so he he was all about the soldiers rich Woodring is an amazing sergeant major so i'm pumped anyway let's pay these bills get ready
1: to groove to the electrifying sounds of dj royalty the maestro of mixing who knows how to turn any event into an unforgettable dance sensation Royalty Entertainment is here to bring you the ultimate musical experience straight from the ones and twos in your ears and through your body to activate them dancing shoes. Get ready to sweat, party, and have a good time while your DJ needs are being blazed by none other than me, DJ Royalty. I have spent years crafting together a DJ entertainment empire that promises a customized blend of musical tracks, mixing mastery and top quality sound, all while providing a vibrant ambiance to accommodate any of your DJ needs. Royalty Entertainment Services is your premier one stop shop for top tier musical entertainment and is hosted by yours truly. For more information, reservations and booking, feel free to look around the website at GoDJRoyalty.com. I am DJ Royalty, and this has been another Royalty Entertainment production. Yeah.
0: Got Your Six Culture is a veteran-owned t-shirt company that's making a powerful impact, one t-shirt at a time. These guys are simply badass. Whether you're a proud veteran or a family member or a patriot at heart, you're going to find the perfect tee that speaks directly to your soul. But wait, there's more. When you shop at Got Your Six Culture, you're not just supporting veterans, you're supporting American small business. You're also supporting the dream of veteran owned small businesses around the world. And these guys put heart and passion into everything through designing all their t-shirts right here in the USA, ensuring you have top notch quality in every design that you purchase. Show your appreciation for veterans and first responders today and head over to gotyoursixculture.com and browse their amazing collection of products. And guess what? Our friends at Got Your Six have a badass treat special for our listeners. Use the code TRIPLETHREAT at checkout and get an exclusive 15% discount on your purchase. So show your support for our heroes of country and community. Shop at gotyoursixculture.com right now. And don't forget to use the code TRIPLE Threat at checkout for an additional 15% off. Hashtag same flag, same oath. our number one priority is taking care of veterans like you so just got a couple of uh bits of paperwork for you to sign right and these all of this oh yeah just a few more and these
3: don't you have an easier way to do this whole? and
0: these and we'll be done Whether you're buying your first home, refinancing an existing mortgage, or trying to lower your monthly payment, Veteran Mortgage Solutions have the resources, knowledge, and experience to help. No down payment required. Easy approval process. Minimum 580 credit score, competitively low interest rates, limited closing costs. Don't keep going back and forth proving your income with other providers. Visit VeteranMortgageSolutions.com. I laugh every time that guy drops all that paperwork on the desk. Does uh-huh. like, that dude join that- the military or buy <laughs> a house? I First
3: time I've actually watched that that video of the uh gotcha Six culture. I'm usually like looking down, but uh, good lord, uh, we need to put one with me with a beard on there. I don't I don't like them tripping. You <laughs> like, like that, I like that, that, that young guy? Yeah. Shout so like shout out to like my Alex. he's on
0: there yeah he said you invented a knife hand but he doesn't know that thing was around for a long time yeah he don't know but he said he caught a couple of those back in the day (laughs) so i both said that was from uh, the first golf tournament right and we just finished this other one
3: yeah that was the last that was last year we'll have to update some of those pictures maybe so before we jump back into it
0: real quick i just want to tell you guys that uh we finished calculating everything, and it looks like we're going to be able to donate around
3: uh, $7,000 to, nice. to, wow. $7, to the Project yeah, Zero. $7,000 to the Project Zero, and that money goes to services. allow them to get, yeah, absolutely. Hey, yeah, so man, I got a question.
0: Everybody that came out, everybody that participated, everybody that played, everybody that sponsored, we we just we thank you guys so much and just get ready to do it again next year because this is going to be an annual thing, for sure. So I got a question. So that, that sexy shirt that Al Hero
1: has on right now, that sexy hoodie he has on, yeah. do are, are are our guests able to get those or is there any way that we can get any of this triple threat vet podcast yeah. um
0: paraphernalia? Well, well it's it's coming soon i'll tell you that so you got to be okay. on the lookout for it uh we're all so everybody knows in the process of working out how we're going to do that because we need to figure out uh, as a group here you know we're all about supporting veterans and their causes and first responders and helping people so the thing that you got to really determined and figured out is who are we going to help when we do this so yeah i'll just keep on a lookout for it you'll be able to to, to check them out and so we'll, we'll even have a, a special shirt for people to buy that uh you know we're, we're going to be we're going to be famous in our own minds like we are every day so uh there'll be some signatures on shirts it's going to be a good time but you know just be on the lookout and 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 support us because supporting us and supporting got your six and supporting dj royalty and even Veteran Mortgage Solutions and our sponsors that are on the podcast, you supporting these guys helps us support other areas that, that help veterans in more impactful ways, right? Yeah, you're buying a shirt, everybody needs a shirt, or even if you purchase a home or you go to a party, like those things are what helps people get through. So, supporting us supports them. We just appreciate everybody that does Hey, speaking of that, uh,
1: real quick. You know, you mentioned it was my birthday. Uh, thank you, everybody, for saying happy birthday. But I woke up yeah, in the morning,
3: yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I
1: woke up in the morning, man, and we we went out in Houston in downtown and fed the homeless. That's how I start off my day, man, and that was very good for the soul. Uh, you know, to have people come out there and 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 do that, There's, it makes you realize how fort- fortunate you are, even when you feel like you're not fortunate, right? There's always somebody who's in a worse situation for you than yourself. So I, I know for myself, it just made me feel good to do it. I, I encourage anybody, if you have the time, if you have the, the yeah. mindset or you want to do it, just get out of help any way that you can, whether if it's veterans, whether if it's your neighbor, whether it's, it's a homeless person, anybody, I just encourage you to do something for somebody else sometimes. And and the overwhelming feeling that you get from that is good. It's therapy for sure.
2: Yeah, And uh, I want to yeah. give a personal uh, thank you to Sarah Cobb for opening up Casa de la Cobb to me, right? And that's the funny thing. When you talk about veterans in this community, I've met Ty Cobb twice, and he let my dirty ass sleep in his house, right? Opened his doors up to me, <laughs> took care of me. And then I had an opportunity to go to spend time in the East Wing of uh, the Blake Mansion, the Blake Manor. <laughs> <laughs> i in the East the East Wing, right? It was pretty awesome. But I definitely wanted to, want to personally tell Sarah I really appreciate the hospitality right and you open your door to me i know we probably drove ty insane because neither one of us shut the fuck up ever and we were like all before <laughs> <and> we could <laughs> at his face a couple of times and he was just looking like fuck, i need to get out of here like, i'm so quiet man i can't i can't get a word oh. in edgewise
3: between my son my four daughter my two sons my four daughters and my wife nah i ain't talking much homie yeah. I'm just keeping quiet and standing in the corner. <laughs> hey, I want to give Dusty a shout out too, real quick, before he jumps back
2: on here. And hey, he's got a good looking beard too. You know what I'm saying? The beards do help, so it takes away from his forehead. Like this beard takes away from my my big ass schnoz. Like if I didn't have this beard, my, I have a little tiny baby chin. I think we got a picture of that, bro. <laughs> bro it's I look like a Russian. I look like like I, yeah, I look like yeah. i Croatian. That's what I look like. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: We got you. This nose is built for sex, though. You know what I'm saying this thing the <laughs> thing is built for built for the angles, bruh. Just throwing it out. <laughs> said, All right, it. man. Let's let's bring our it boy back would. on.
3: So yeah. before before the break, we had gotten in with Dusty and uh he was talking about a couple of deployments. Now we're gonna bring him back on and get into some more stuff.
1: Yes. <clears throat> he Appreciate is.
3: it. What no. up, Dusty.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the shenanigans that we do. Yeah,
2: Dusty. Hey, I don't care if you're tall or not, bro. You a good looking brother. I'll give you that, man. I appreciate it. You're,
3: a, you're watching, you. Know, he's like fourteen said, and a half percent better looking in person, too, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Well, 14 and a half, uh, huh? 14 and a half Ooh. percent. That's, that's, oh, that's actually
4: exactly. how I look in person. Not not how much better looking. I actually look like a 14-year-old if I shave. That's what he's trying to <laughs> say. Well, you <laughs>
1: you got to get a couple of those. Uh, I, I guess they don't make them anymore, but normally you had to put those phone books on your seat to kind of like get you up a little bit higher in your seat so you like on the camera. Look, no, we
2: don't shut these fucking short, short jokes down right fucking it. now. No, I know your,
1: like, I know your feet are dangling
2: right now. And they're swinging, but every picture I'm in with My all you fuckers, clothes, I'm like the little brother.
3: She, all you fucking assholes. Hey, hey, but That's hey, did matter. you like how in that in that post where I, I put it about the game? I made you and Matt bigger, so you look the same size as me and Bro, your boy Blake.
2: Picture from yeah. the booth. I look like y'all let somebody's son in there with special <laughs> needs. <laughs> <laughs> Make a wish foundation brought me into the booth. I'm like, hey, hey That's made- all right, baby. I, I blew you time. up
3: on Canva. You're good to go. Same size as me. <laughs> all right, Dusty. So, so we talk about the second deployment. Talk about the second deployment a little bit. What was that like? Uh, what kind of things went on there? I mean, I already know, of course, but go ahead, wax poetic a little bit. So,
2: for, for me,
4: I, my first deployment was a wash. Mentally, because I, I, it didn't really resonate with me what I dealt with from just a laundry list of things. And so, because of what we were conditioned for and what the drill sergeants in, in reality, and I was in basic training um, when Saddam was captured and when Pat Tillman died and all these things. And my drill sergeants came to me and they, they conditioned us mentally to understand what we were getting ourselves into. So, when I went to war my first time, I was like, let's do this. I was watching. Not to feel bad. I was watching the videos that they were sending over from the prisoners. That That's what we were doing mm-hmm. to pr- condition ourselves to go over to this. So that's where my mind was, my first deployment. My second deployment, I went back at mid-20s, family, like, oh, you survived that. Now you have people that rely on you. Wow. And we had... IEDs. I remember when we would have an ID go off and we'd see, you know, would see it land right in front of us, or we'd see it land lodge right in front of the gunner in front of us. And you're sitting there going, That's me. That's that's an and you know, a millisecond away from being my life, you know, or <laughs> perfect example, absolutely one of the top notch greatest humans I've ever dealt with, Rich. Shout out. I was with him in a truck. We uh, we got hit by an ID. I'm telling you, it seemed like the entire freaking ground rose up around us. The only thing I knew was to back up and just get away from it. But then the secondary thought was, let me go look into it and see what happened. Yeah. You know, because that's the you know common sense factor. Let's go over and go see what just happened. Right. And, and nobody else is gonna go do anything else to us. But all that, the one thing I will say out of my second deployment that has resonated with me over everything. Is seeing a fellow soldier being carried off in two body bags. Wow. That. Oh, man. That is something that until you see it and understand and comprehend that that black bag and that black bag is the same person. It it, it doesn't hit home until that moment you may have some issues you may have a little bit of you know standoffish and kind of feel uncomfortable with something and have that anxiety and until you see that happen it hits you and it hits you hard oh yeah and i think i think that my family was a was a catalyst but i think that was probably the one that just really just just wrecked me honestly and not to go into detail but yeah
3: yeah I, don't. I know what you mean there, Dusty. You remember uh, Camp Coley right there in in Bagram? Uh, I held I held Shane Coley in, in my hands as we were prepping him out in Shindad to put him in a body bag, and that was literally the most uh, gut wrenching thing that had ever happened. So I remember when that happened to you, and 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 what what I'm trying to do here is is basically is basically show that I deployed this guy. I know how awesome he is. I know the things that he went through. So here's what we, what I really want to get to is after his deployments, he really started to, uh, do different things. So Dusty, let's get into that. So what happened, uh, to make you start spiraling to where you would need to use psychedelics? So what happened there?
4: Uh, the, the most condensed version I can give is, is basically I left a 15 month deployment in Baghdad from all I dealt with there. Came back, reset somewhat back in Fort Campbell. And at that time, um, I came on a horse drill sergeant school, Um, went back from Fort Campbell to to Leonard Wood with no really reset, not not really being able to give myself the time to kind of condense and, and kind of come down off what happened. And then I was put in a position at drill sergeant school into drill sergeant duty to where there's no break. There's no break. No matter what anybody says, there's, there's. You're out there, um, especially for the first three weeks. You're out there for six, seven days a week. You're waking them up at at five thirty, which means you got to be up at three thirty. You're putting them to bed at at you know, I don't know. I think it was like eight, and then we're still there until you know nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night, trying to reset for the next day. That happened for two years. Wow. And probably a year into it, I lost it. I started having panic attacks, anxiety attacks. At the time, they thought it was heart issues. They put me on a halter monitor. They put me on, you know, they tested my freaking uh, blood pressure. They tested my freaking uh, uh, heart rate. I took my heart from like in the 40s to 222 on a machine and went from 222 to 113 when they took me off. The doctor's like, dude, it's not your heart. Come to find out, they're like, no, you guys soaked severe severe mental health issues wow but it wasn't it wasn't really something they noticed my ex-wife was telling me for freaking months and months and months she's like you're you know you're not the same you changed from your last deployment and i'm like no i'm the same dude meanwhile i'm going into my house with a pistol clearing door room to room to room before i let my wife and my kids go in the house and that is not just a (sighs) one-time incident I carried on me at all times. I had an incident where somebody ran into the back of my car on the highway and my freaking pistol flew underneath my seat. I grabbed it as the first instinct to shoot the person who just rear-ended me. And my ex-wife was like, that's not normal. I'm like, right. how is right, that not normal? Is. Right. You I carried it me. I carried right. everywhere. And it was like, that was just the, the, the start of it all. And it just... It just escalated from there to the point that my unit was tired of dealing with me as a drill sergeant and took me from a drill sergeant that was in charge of soldiers in the training phase to put me as a drill sergeant that was in charge of medical processing soldiers who kids that got into medical issues in service and were getting medically discharged out of basic training and so at that point they they ended up basically just kind of saying hey we you know you're a little too much for us to deal with because you're you're intense I don't know really because I, I, my cognitive functions weren't there. Like I, I was, I couldn't, I couldn't do left, right, left with soldiers. I couldn't count call cadence. I couldn't do anything because my brain was so far gone from reality that I couldn't have a thought process to instruct somebody from point A to point Z. And so they were like, you're only here at this point, just as a body. And then even then I went to my next position before I left rule star duty. And it was just like, I was just, I was a body. I became a body probably from the time I left Fort Campbell in the military thought process in the military, um, just hierarchy. That's all I was. Now I was good at hiding it. Oh man. I was good at hiding because I knew the words to say and the way to do things to keep it where it looked like I was functioning, but inside it was a battle. And I didn't even know it was a battle because it was for me. It was like, oh no, that's just, that's just, you know, that's normal. That's nothing. And I, rain me like I said, Ty, rain me in um on where I'm going with
3: this because I yeah, wh- where you're going is like <laughs> yeah, what, what effects I... did this have on your family and then with the unit?
4: Well, I got divorced. My um right. my unit bumped me um into a a lesser unit. Uh, my ex-wife served me divorce papers. Didn't talk to me. Basically served me divorce papers. Took everything. In my mind, it was like, oh man, it's all her. It's all her. You know, she's freaking doing this, that, and the other. I was definitely a part of it. Yeah. Knowing one now. I was definitely a part of it. Now on her end, I don't know. That's I know what my hand in what I did was, mm-hmm. and um, I ended up getting divorced. You know, my Mike's wife moved back to Georgia with my kids. I was in Fort Leonard Wood, so you know, we'll talk about a powder keg. Let's say, okay, I'm already here. Let's just go ahead and raise them <laughs> here. As far as where his emotions are. So now he doesn't see his kids, doesn't see his family. He's already mentally unstable. We're gonna take everything away from him. And you know, I became that guy that would work 24 hour duties just to work 24 hour duties because I had nothing else to do. I had no family, I had nothing drive me. Because in my mind, my my family, that was what I that's what I'm here for. I'm here mm-hmm. to support a family. That is that is my overall, that's the way I was raised. That's the person I am, that's all I know. When I didn't have that just, just persona and ideal in life, I didn't know what to do. I became a freaking just float. I was just so, moving around. Hey Dusty, I'm a-
2: what did you do, Dusty? How, how did you? I know, you, I know you dealt with the psych. You've done some psychedelic tri- uh, treatments and things. So you know, all that comes crashing down. And how do you pick yourself up? How did you rebuild, Dusty Rudd, and, and, and get back on the track you're on now?
4: Yeah. In and service, you know, it didn't happen. Right. And I'm, 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 yeah. As as quick as I can say this, I left, I left drill sergeant duty, got to Fort Campbell again. When I got to Fort Campbell, it all crashed down. It literally crashed down. I started stealing because I was chasing thrills that I was when I was in Iraq, like that, the feeling, the, the the sweat, the adrenaline. I was stealing to steal. I wasn't stealing for any other need than it was just like something to give to me do. that emotion right. and that feeling. And it literally was nothing I needed. And I got arrested. And then I got arrested again. And then I got arrested again. And my unit was like, I'm like, they were like, we can't deal with this guy. So they bumped me to a freaking medical processing unit for mental health. My mental health, I got sent to, I spent 72 days in inpatient care for mental health um, in my service time. At one point in the middle of that, I went AWOL. When they let wow. me out, I went AWOL. They sent me back to the freaking mental health unit. And it was just, it was a never ending spiral. I was like, I. I was crying for help and telling everybody that i am not mentally stable i'm not functioning like i was and again i keep shouting out to rich but rich can say i had nine years of service where i didn't have a mark on my record for any kind of derogatory statement for nine straight years in the course of a year and a half on the end of my career it went off the rails and mental health is telling my unit this guy is acting out directly related to his mental health PTSD anxiety generalized anxiety all these conditions everything that he's doing is directly related to who yep. he has become and yep. my unit said nope he's too much of a problem we can't deal with him they ended up booting me out on a freaking other than honorable they wanted wow. after they all of wanted, this, oh my god after everything so, they so you wanted know- to get me for a uh dishonorable but i contacted rich right. the guy the individual uh the sergeant major having two weeks and i said hey i gotta have somebody talk i, I mean I, I gotta have somebody talk for me because i can't do this i'm literally yeah. on my own i'm fighting for my life right now and i'm telling you right now if rich hadn't have stepped up i would have walked out on a four candle and i would have freaking walked in traffic yep because i had I nothing i went from yep. an e6 to an e4 they freaking cut me like it was nothing. Hey Ty,
1: yeah, Dusty. Let me let me let me tell you something that I that I heard hmm. and I and I know, it's it's in my heart and I know that it, I know that is there. The reality is this, my brother. Part of you left in those body bags that were inside of that in the back of that Humvee or whatever it was that you were in, because mentally, when you see something like that. And the expectation is that that's where you're gonna go in the event that something happens. Mentally, you blocked it away, but subconsciously a piece of you of who you were, that protector, that happy-go-lucky guy who's ready to protect everybody left in that body bag. Even though you didn't die on this side of it, part of you did over there, right? And your, your pathway was trying to find the other piece of you that left in that body bag that you saw in the back of there. And it happens to a lot. I know for myself, I carried a lot of bodies doing a ceremonial guard, that's my job. I spent thousands of hours at Arlington Cemetery looking at numbers, 1971 to such and such number. You know, all these, as far as you can see, are graveyards. And that's, for people who've done that, for, For you not to get the help that you needed and for somebody to close the door on you mentally, that has to do something. But I'm telling you, my brother, I know just from listening to you that a piece of you left there. And that's what people have to understand when you see veterans. And just because they're not crippled or just because they don't have a missing leg or a missing arm. You know, you look at them like, oh, how are they getting disability? How are they getting this? Why are they getting that? Why do they have a, a handicap tag in their thing and they're sitting in the front and and have the audacity be like, oh, yeah, well, we don't give military discounts here. Those kind of things that we hear that we have to look at like we're asking for some, you know, I I, I can go on a whole nother thing. But I tell you, my brother, my heart is with you. I, 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 I honestly feel like that is what has happened. Um, if I'm wrong, you guys can help me with that. But I, man, bro, my heart goes out to you, man. I, I just want to know. I'm, I'm interested now. I know we kind of went on a different path, but I'm interested now to know because I know this is a good transformation in the How did you get yourself here to where you're able to smile again?
4: So condensed version: um, When I got booted out, I battled for a while, um, from homelessness to back in a jail again, um, back and and bounced around um, until I met my current wife brought me down to florida and it kind of um started me on a path to kind of figure out what i need to do now granted i wasn't fixed i wasn't fixed i still battled to the point that my ex-wife or jesus my current wife um <laughs> my current wife was like we you know we went through everything i went through all uh, modalities i was working because i again uh dj it was funny i was working with all my issues. So Mm -hmm. I'm going through all the stuff that I'm dealing with and still doing a nine to five job because why? Because I have to be protector. I have to be that person that pays the bills. I have to be that person because that's who I am. I don't know anything else. So I was willing to give up my mental stability and sacrifice everything about who I was, even though I was wanting to murder people I worked with. Literally, I had to resign from my last job because I told them I was going to kill one of the individuals because I could not function. And this was two years ago and Mm -hmm. I went and I stopped and I did nothing, but I went into mental health, the VA and I went through um, cognitive based therapy. I went through medication, medication, medication. I mean, I went through all modalities fight. You're on board. So you're know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, whether it be the freaking psychological aspect, whether it be the freaking uh, pharmaceutical aspect, whether it be the social work aspect. I did it all nothing mm. worked all of it and i'm telling you i reached out i looked they were like hey do the five four three two one no nobody right brain working they ain't doing that do the, you know do um do you know, do music that helps you not working and i'm i'm telling you i've, I've researched i'm not a stupid person I right. researched. i looked at in things that were going to help me so all that didn't work they were had me on medication after medication and this is brings me into a february of this year February this year, I said, you know what? I'm sick and tired of these freaking medications. I'm sick and tired of what VA is doing this. I understand Mm -hmm. they're trying to help in some capacity. It's not doing anything for me. Cut it. I went cold turkey on SSRIs. I have never felt worse in my entire life than when I came off medication. And I told myself, I said, why is something that is supposed to help you causing me to be this uncomfortable, this hurt, this mint? headaches migraines freaking i felt like i was on dt's from freaking heroin coming off of freaking medication i was over 12 i don't know i don't know the prescription they would ask me how many i'm on i would literally say just look at the chart i do not know right now right just take it on facebook ty hughes comments um b hughes comments and says hey do thc do um pot i'm like bro done that did nothing a buddy of mine uh 194 Deployed with the most um, of five, my first deployment, said do uh, uh, psychedelics. I saw that message and said, "Man, no way! No, <laughs> I'm not, no, no! What like, right. No, I'm good, bro. I'm like, that's not me." But then, I he sent me a video. He sent me his YouTube video. of His experience. I spent forty minutes watching his YouTube video, and I thought, "Holy shit! I got to look into this." And mm. I spent two months researching and i'm talking about i went down into i went down into the freaking molecule of what this stuff was and how it worked and how far back it went and how they use it we're talking 5000 bc on cave drawings there are freaking amazonian there's freaking peyote they these people have been doing this stuff for so many years and there's nothing that they've come back and said this is the bad thing the only thing they've Mm. ever said bad is if you're epileptic or schizophrenic Right, it's not it because can, it's anything that's bad. It's because they can't. They don't really want to test it because of the fear of what could happen. What could happen, from it, Right. Yeah, because if you if you're epi- uh, schizophrenic and you go into one of these conditions, yep. and you come out of it. That might be your reality for life. So they right. don't know. That. So I looked into it. My buddy sent me information. He lives in Tulum, Mexico, um, ball. And I said, you know, I got I, all right. I'll check into it. And I canceled myself and my mind. Said nope. And then I did it again. I said, I'm going to do it. Nope, I'm not going to do it. And I finally said, I'm doing this. And I graduated after nine years of going to college and degree after degree after degree failing and not knowing what was going to be in my path. I finally finished my degree and got a bachelor's degree in oh, May man. of this year. A week later, I got on a plane and flew to Tulum or excuse me, to Cancun, Mexico. Got Got a rental car and drove from Cancun, Mexico, to Tulum. When you, when I tell you that was the most anxious I have ever been in my entire life. That area I was driving in brought me back so much to Iraq. I'm driving with a baseball. Yeah, I was going to ask. You
3: like this? This, so you're going to get dude. healed, and you have some severe PTSD on the road?
4: Oh yeah, dude. I'm right I'm literally here. looking anybody that's driving around me in in Mexico. There's no there's no left right. You know, center line. It's wherever you drive, where you drive. So I'm having flashbacks right. out of Iraq, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm here again." And it's so I'm like in cartels, you know, like all of this stuff. Oh, like, yeah. oh my god, what have I got myself into? I'm driving in the middle of nowhere to 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 go and do something. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's a healthy fear, man. It's a healthy fear that drove me. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm here. I've, I've fought it. I'm doing it. Showed up. My buddy picked me up the next morning. Took me there, bro. When I tell you. There's a lot of agencies out there that are working with veterans and psychedelics and there's a lot of screenings and there's they're doing blood pressure, they're doing testing, they're doing a lot of things right now. This was on me. This was something that I literally I picked up shop and went and did. I'm not saying I'm out in the middle of freaking you know the wilderness doing anything. it was centralized, but it was still off the grid. Um, Caleb showed up with me, he came with me, he drove me, he videoed the entire thing. I showed up to this sanctuary, man, to do 5-MeO-DMT, 5-methoxy-dimethotryptomene. It's within the tryptamine family, kind of the same things in the turkey. There's DMT, then there's 5-MeO-DMT. People talk about ayahuasca, the guy that you showed the video of, Justin, he did DMT. What I did, and this is just for context, is 10 to 20 times more potent than what you did. When you're talking... Pyramids of psychedelics, 5-MeO-DMT is the neutron bomb of it all. It is an absolute shockwave to your body, and it hits you, and you don't have any other option than to take it. And the only upside is it's a half-life of about 12 to 19 minutes. So there's no high after the fact. There's no lingering effects other than lucid dreams on night one, two, three, or four, whatever it happens, I went under. And when I tell you I took a hit, I'm not good with pot. I'm not good with smoking. I went under. Yeah. And I was like, this isn't for me. I'm sitting there kind of like, uh, okay, kind of hearing all the music. This is not working. Because you hold it for 10 seconds. You inhale this. It comes from this um, Sonoran ripper toad. It's only one frog out there, one toad out there that has this. It is a secretion off of its back that they take, they crystallize, and then you smoke it out of a pipe. It's Damn, something. You frog back? You smoking in what Mike you're, Tyson
3: talks about when he says "taste a frog" or whatever. I'm yeah, telling you right now. I just now. Mike Damn. Tyson,
4: Our Mike, went from Iron Mike to this dude that you see him on podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Sensitive mike yeah, he, he
3: explained that. So how? Okay, so you 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 started doing yeah. your second.
4: Second so and then my first, my first didn't hit because I woke up and the guy was like, "How do you feel?" I'm like, "Present." He said, "You didn't get it." He said, "You need another smoke." My brain says, "No." My brain was like, "No, nope, no, nope. that wasn't what I was supposed to get." No, I'm not doing it again. He said, "You need no smoke." So my my brain said, "No." My mouth said, "Yeah."
1: <laughs> yeah. So he was and like, "So I took no, it,
4: man." I, I took it, and I'm telling you. I didn't even last the 10 second. The first time he amplified the dose. I'm talking glass pipe, freaking blowtorch, crystallized freaking toad venom. <laughs> toad sperm. Serious. You're in the teepee and it's full on. This is, this is what you're doing with your life right now. And I <laughs> sat back. And when I sat back, dude, before I could close my eyes, everything around me went from the teepee to this freaking haze of green and then it just kind of freaking pixelated and then you're just down and then you were shot off like a freaking rocket and it's you're not I can't give a context completely because it's not a human feeling I'm right. telling you that it is not a human feeling it is not a human emotion it is more that you are one with everything every dimension every everything in the earth everything that's ever been you were one with the spider version right it's it's all it is absolutely and i just exploded and i became this just ball of energy or light or just i was i was a neutron and i was just shooting up and i remember and i just i just went and when i went it it was one of those things that when When everything was going on, I kept trying to break through. And when I was breaking through, it was this cloud coverage and it was clouds that were dark and ominous and it was orange and freaking red and black and lightning. And you're just sitting there trying to fight it. And as I'm fighting it, everything in me is dying. Everything emotions, pain, heartache just telling you, let go and i'm wow i just kept hearing let go and i just kept hitting a blockade and over and over and i could not get through the clouds i could not make it and my body is vibrating and freaking just like there's this pulsation that's going on around me and it's just like time is nothing you are absolutely just You were there and it is it is nothing that you can imagine or explain or give context to and i finally let go and when i let go people talk about an ego dissolution and ego death and all these things that happen within these psychedelic experiences yeah ego death i let go of all the pain all the thought processes all the things that were freaking vain and, and held on to me and how I thought about people felt about me or how I cared about that person, or how much hate I had for them or how much I was holding on to from my past. It was nothing. You were one with everything. And you could only understand that because you were literally taken away from all that heartache. And I, when I when I tell you, it's like when people talk about out of body experiences, the mm-hmm. DMT is in your body. You experience it twice in your life. You experience it at birth and death that is the only time other wow. than near-death experiences it's in the pineal gland and it's not normally released into your body that is why the half-life of it is so small because it's released into your body and it's taken back immediately so when you were in a car accident and your near-death experience that's what you see i broke through when i finally broke through it was it was like the teletubbies that's the only thing i can really it was like the show, the Teletubbies. Yeah, yeah. Remember the freaking sun? Son the sun come out,
1: yeah, and the little sun and the little baby laughing inside the sun.
4: That was my daughter. Wow! It literally, wow. My daughter's face hit me, and it was like, wow. That's what matters. What wow. I did, the medicine I did, it didn't necessarily whatever the heartache, whatever that you know, Iraq combat whatever happened it has context but the medicine shows you what's your barrier and what you're blocking out in your life I was never present in my life in any wow. capacity I was letting my past roll my present and my present was fearful of my future and there was nothing and that is so many veterans lifestyle we are yeah. living from what has happened to us, which causes us to think about what is gonna happen to us that doesn't let us revolve around what is going on at the time. Right now, I, right. That hit me and showed me, and I'm, it was like a black aura and a, a a soul-snatching black cloud. Literally, I saw it pulled out of my body of all the pain, anguish, and the heartache of my life was taken out of me, and I saw it happen. And wow. It, and that's the, the the most human definition I can actually give because outside of that, it is so much more powerful and intense to wow. explain.
1: Man, that's crazy because the only other time I've heard somebody say something like that, I had a friend of mine who said he, he was messing with a, a big old chick. She had no teeth in her mouth and he gave her some, and, and he had a lot of experience. But yours is way better than that yeah. story, man. Shut up to yours. Yours yeah. is way better than that hey. one ever was, bro. You're, I'm, in, I'm hey. at the edge of my seat like, whoa.
3: The man, hell? I, I tell you, I, I got sidetracked. I started listening to you, Dusty. Man. And you know you know me pretty well, so you know that I, I don't listen for very long. But I was Jeez. completely enthralled, and I had you on the screen like that. I'm sorry, brother. Bro. I, uh, I was just listening to the damn story. I know you, and – that was an amazing hey story. Hell so.
1: with Snoop Dogg, man. Shouts out to the frog back. We smoking frog backs from now I'm on. I'm
3: going – I'm about to go just beat off a frog in the
2: backyard and get some frogs <laughs> right now wow. to make me forget so about I that. I
4: will say this. Stay away from toads. There is one singular toad.
2: Fuck you, Dusty. Anybody- I'm, I'm going out. I'm licking toads this weekend, bro. That's not, not toes. Toads. I suck toes all the time. I'm oh, licking toads, bro. Everybody's sucking
4: toes. Do not, and I will say this, in this, this to, to context, everything. What I did was an experience I had to do for myself, for somebody to, that is dealing with something mm-hmm. that's, that's smaller or, or I'm not saying smaller, but yeah, for but somebody like that's dealing with and hearing what I'm saying, this yeah, is not something for everyone. This is right. not something recreational. This is not something that you're going to go out. This is something you're called to. This is right. something that literally there is whether it be you're going for, for growth, learning something, there are avenues that mine was for a whole different thing. Yeah. This is like somebody saying, I need to get mental health and going from walking to a marathon in two days. This is not something that, I mean, I'm telling you, right. There are psychedelics out there when they talk did, levels of this shit, the You're talking man. mushrooms, when you're talking mushrooms, Thirty milligrams of mushrooms to even get close to what I did. The heroic mm-hmm. dose to get you tripping is five. On I never did. I never did anything psychedelic in my life. Right. This was day one for me. That's how far I've gone. I was.
3: Damn. So that's that's uh, Becky Johnson has a uh, question for you there, Dusty. Yep. Uh, let me put it on screen here for you. Gotcha. Uh, I know you said the, the, this flipped a switch. Would you ever or will you ever need to take a, such a high potency again?
4: So having said that, um, Ty, um, refresh my brain on who the guy was that you posted the video on. Justin? Oh, yeah. Uh, Justin, Justin.
3: Yeah. From uh, a combat veteran comedy troupe.
4: Yep. So yep. I am actually in talks right now with a company or a nonprofit called Heroic Hearts who does um, ayahuasca retreats in Mexico, Peru and Jamaica. Um, I'm on a standby list right now for November. And there's also one um, that I'm a hard list for February. But my wife's pregnant due March time frame. So February, I don't want to get too far lost in a, you know Peru. And, you know, a couple weeks later, my wife gives birth. So I don't know. We're kind of looking at it. But I am looking into ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is 10 to 20 times less potent than what i did it's it's a ingestible and it lasts for eight hours or so where mine lasted for about 19 minutes because it's in your system um and because there's an mao inhibitor that blocks what lets it go into your body briefly and so when you drink the ayahuasca it causes that trip to last longer and that's a three-part process and mine is more for growth to see if there is something more than I was trying to understand, because what the medicine showed me from my last experience was my family being present with my wife, being present with my daughter, understanding reality is what it is. And you're okay. You've seen death. You're going to die. You're okay with it. Everybody, the biggest thing that I took away from all this was let go. I'm going to get a tattooed on me at some point. I'm going to get a koi fish excuse me, a goldfish and let go tattooed on me because a goldfish has a memory like nothing and let go is all comp, but I will go back and do it. I've been trying to do more, but the problem is obviously within the United States and laws and legality, there's a lot of issues when it comes to that, unless you go to Oregon, Massachusetts, Colorado, some of those other states have some kind of, but it's most of those are psilocybin or MDMA trials. Those are different. Those are a whole different spectrum from what I did. Not saying they're anything different, but it's it's a different experience than what I went through. This is not something that somebody goes and just shows up for and like let's just roll the dice. Let's try this out, right?
1: So were you different right away as soon as you came back? Like after after the Teletubby son went away and you saw your daughter in there and everything kind of came back, would you say that you were healed? at that point or did or did you still have some work to do
4: so there's in life there's no 100 percent, 180 right you're not going to be 180 right but what i was given is that blockade was busted because you were given so many blockades whether it be from military service trauma whatever it yeah. blocks you out from healing and understanding what reality is and you go into this matrix in this box of emotion that this is the only reality that I know. And so anything outside outside of it is, is, is not going to happen. And for mm-hmm. me, what happened is it's like a freaking clock. And when that pendulum is going from left to right, for me, that pendulum swayed right and stayed right. It starts to kind of go to the center. Mm-hmm. And then my thought process goes that negativity ain't real dude. And I go, Oh yeah, it ain't. It's not go back to the right. right. Wow. You have that. You have that power. You were given the power back in your life to understand that you have control over your emotions. Your emotions can't control you, which is what they have done for so long when it comes to trauma and depression. And I'm telling you as a drill sergeant, the first step (laughs) is that left step. And if you take that left step, everything past that is going to happen. You you got to take that step first. There you go. My man, damn, that's amazing. Yeah, that's that's awesome. right?
2: yeah, the that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's pretty amazing, amazing, man. I licked I licked a homeless stripper's ass one time, and I, I felt the same way. Like
3: it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh okay. at that. I should not. <laughs> I have was a career. stripper Hi. for a brief time, Hi. by the
4: way. Where are you? I you I'm How be Hey, y'all didn't ask the questions. Like I was, I didn't want to, but that was part of my my downward spiral. I was, I was a brief stripper. You
1: let go, huh?
2: Dusty, we, me and Dusty, I got, a job for us, bro. We can go on, we could DJ royalty can DJ for us, and we could be mid, midget strippers or little people strippers. I don't want to offend nobody if you're a midget out here, or a little person watching us. But yeah, bro, me and you could be like little midget strippers, bro. I'm down. Oh you know what I'm saying? Wow. With a little short pole, well, well, me and
1: you. Yeah, no, we, yeah. I've been using
2: the.
4: Like. uh the sonic drop, the, the 44 ounce. That's what I use is the stripper pulling and straw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The,
2: the route 50, the route 55. Yeah.
1: yeah. Dusty, this my easy. man.
2: Now your story's awesome, uh, brother. I really it appreciate is.
1: sharing. We appreciate that, man. I, I think that opened uh opened some eyes, just what you've been through. Uh the experience that you went through. I commend you for getting the help. Uh, being willing to go through all of those anxieties, taking that trip and and, and doing what you did to find that help. And I'm I'm happy that it worked for you. I'm happy that you were able to see your family. You know, if if that was the vision is to see your family, be present in your family's life and just push forward to do better because you made a decision that you weren't going to keep on chasing that body bag, that you were going to go ahead and zip that thing off and realize that you weren't in there. You're still here. And man, I'm gonna tell you right now, I know that you're a good friend of Ties, but man, I, I do wanna I, I wanna meet you in person. I want I, I know there's some things that that we want that we could talk about and hang out, man, but you are you're a great person, man. I, I'm a I'm a good people person. But just for you to be able to open up and tell your truth and, and give that to the world so that they can be educated on it, it was amazing, man. You had me at the edge of my seat, man. But I I man, I wish you all the best and I'm glad that that helped.
2: Well, the I strength to help someone else. The strength that it took to do that, Dusty, is pretty impressive, considering so many veterans out here, right, who need help and and are, are begging for help, whether they're doing it vocally or verbally, right? They're they're screaming for help, and uh, they don't have either the strength, right, or the support system to. And I'm not saying, like you said, psychedelics aren't for everybody, right? The strength it took to say, you know what, like I'm in a bad spot, I'm in a really dark, I'm I'm living in a dark cloud and I don't see a way out, right? Other than the, some of the stuff you were doing, but to have the strength, bro, and, and just the mental fortitude and just that drive to go get yourself help, not just for, you know, your family, but for you, right? To 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 be the guy sitting on this podcast today, talking to us, smiling, and, and probably, like you said, uh, two years ago, you would not be the same man sitting on this podcast oh, yeah. talking to us, it'd be a different ball game if you were still here, right, bro? Because, and that happens, people, you know, we get to a place where, and I'm sure me and Ty talked in detail when I was at the house. We all get to a place where it's like this world and everyone in it is way better off without us in it. Right. But to have that strength and that desire to go, to go do what you did, bro. So impressed. And that right?
3: accountability with yeah. each of Not you. Ability. Like I've become accountable to Matt for a lot of things about my personality that I don't like. I've made it a point to do that. Like, because I am, I have a very bad temper and, and Matt's helped me I don't with that. see it, Ty. I do, bro. Oh. Hey, <laughs> you, you were uh, hey, in here, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's here's something. Check this out. So last night, uh, Matt got to see a whole different side of me. Like he got to see the emotions. Got to see the bear. Yeah, did he see got, the ba- it, because what I did, like all those deployments that I did, the seven deployments, and with seven, six with seven sixteenth uh, MP battalion, I would hide all of my emotions and music. Mm. Like everybody was saying, like let the body hit the floor. Man, I had a fucking playlist that was longer than I just don't know what because it's over penis. over that amount of deployment, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, not that long, but you yeah. you accumulate a lot of emotions, and I yeah. put every one of those into musing. So when I hear certain songs, yeah, yeah it brings back those That's those crazy. memories. But you've got I've gotten it to a point now to where they're good memories. Yeah, you know, they're I remember the good things because I remember going through hell with with rudd about some issue or with mm-hmm. Sergeant major woodring about some lost issue with birdo about some issue uh, yeah. uh y'all better run if you see a pile of trash in the middle of the room <laughs> hey, hey birdo i almost that called dude you I, I was in a pissed. truck with ty in yeah. a truck with ty
2: and i i was a little nervous really i was like we were walking out of the building and shit didn't go the way that ty wanted it and like ty's face and he. He vented a little bit, but I was like, "This motherfucker might snap and fuck my little yeah. ass." Up. And I'm pretty. I think, I'm a, I, think hey, I think I'm a pretty tough dude because I was like, Ty is." He looked at me, and was like, "Yeah, this is. Re- I'm really, I'm really frustrated." I was like, "Oh shit, yep. I'm about to call a fucking Uber back to Pensacola because I don't, I don't want, I don't want Big Tie to blow." <laughs> You know, what I'm saying, I'm, you know, yeah. he, he when he just told me he was frustrated, I was like, oh, shit, shit's yep. about to get real.
0: Well, but you 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 also learn, though, Al. like between the four of us that are on here. Right. So Ty can tell you that he works on his stuff all the time. But the one thing that I know about Ty is if you're his friend, he trusts you and he knows yep. you have his well-being at hand. When you say something to him that you're like, what are you doing right now? You can see Ty kind of back up and go, OK, wait a minute. I need to think for a minute. Yep. But yep. Ty will only do that. I promise you. If he knows you and he trusts you, if somebody else was to say that too. Yeah, and it's it, it's like almost the bear like comes a, out. Yeah, you're attacking it. So Ty, yeah. for as much as you say you work on it, I appreciate that you're willing to stand back and, and kind of take a look at those things and all your friends to help you. That's a, yeah, that's yeah. an important yeah. thing. There's a, and you know just going through all of it. I mean, the story today was amazing. Like I don't. There's not much you can say more than everybody else has, but I'm just I'm glad that you're here to tell the story, Dusty. Yeah, fuck yeah, bro. Um, it's one that needs to be heard for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I was thinking, though, uh, as we get towards the end of this, though, Scott, is there, is, isn't there like a isn't there like some questions he needs to answer? I mean, yep. Yep. He does do for him. Yeah. we're,
1: we're Are we going to put him in the hot seat? I know.
2: Well, fuck I mean, yeah, bro. He'll get a free him pass. He'll he get a free it. pass because he's good looking. Fucked out. Good looking <laughs> dudes get ugly dudes and good looking get the same business, bro. You get it. Everybody get this business. <laughs> All right, I, let's do it. it.
0: I'm gonna give him the hot seat. Let's do it. Let's do it. Get my pen. And and so so segueing to this though, Scott and and everybody on here, you've heard him talking, man. He he knows he knows a little bit about a little bit. So yeah, uh, be yeah, we we'll got because Scott'll get your ass. We're gonna All find out. out. We're gonna find out
2: here. Scott needs to get a fucking hobby. That's what he <laughs> <is>. <laughs> all
1: right, so just just to be in all fairness, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep some of these the same, okay. just to be in fairness. I'm a, I might okay. change up just a couple just for the premise. All but right, first off, we're gonna go right into
4: it. Tupac or DMX? We're talking. Uh, uh, however you want to. I'm do gonna it. say DMX because the show. DMX. If we're talking on stage, I'm going to say DMX. All right. All right.
1: Dave Chappelle, Cat Williams. Chappelle. <laughs> Good choice.
4: This is my favorite.
1: <laughs> LeBron James,
4: Michael Jordan. No, you didn't. Oh, my God. I'm a child of the 80s and 90s. I'm not even going to say it. It's, it's, it's Michael. Sorry. It's right. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I,
4: I, I, i've checked out after the last dance bro let's go there you go cardi b megan Thee stallion
1: for whatever reason you choose
4: i'm gonna say megan Thee stallion she got her degree man
2: okay damn i thought she had a gd
3: educated from H <laughs> town
4: she's educated man
1: super bowl nba finals uh, I'm gonna say Super Bowl. Okay. Xbox, PlayStation. I got an Xbox, though. So, I mean, let's it <laughs>
2: <laughs> he said, did you say Atari? Did he right say now. Atari.
1: I <laughs> I mean, are we playing pong? I don't know. What do we? Hey. What are we Everyone do it. Mike Tyson,
4: Muhammad Ali. Ooh, we mm-hmm. Muhammad, man, the greatest. Okay. Ah, here we go. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> All right. This one right here is going to be really different, just based off of what we talked
0: about. Y'all <laughs> should probably go side by side on
1: this
4: one. I know what's going up.
1: <laughs> okay. Young Dusty before the military, are Dusty
4: now.
2: Oh man!
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part I'm gonna go with right now, man. Wisdom, freaking it, it's 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 growth, wisdom, and you know, and the wherewithal to understand that life has happened, and take that knowledge and that little bit of you know ability you still have, and do something with it, uh, as opposed I to like just it. just absolute ability and no knowledge. I like it.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good one because you know what? There wouldn't be any of the new Dusty without the Damn. old Dusty. You know what I mean? So I like that. I'm, I'm glad you thought that one through. Some people just shoot that one real fast. I, I like that. All right, move on. Or ask for forgiveness.
4: I'm gonna go in the I'm gonna go the middle on this one, and I'm gonna say this because forgiveness is for you not the other person Mm. so there is forgiveness of others and understanding that you still deal with them in reality and if they want to be a part of that that's on them you let them know that's not a problem and that you are who you are and if they want to accept that and move into a healthy relationship with you that's great if not no ill will no harboring it's acceptance of what life is, and you deal with your life how you can, because you mm-hmm. don't linger. There's, I will. Moving on to forgiveness, I think are two separate things, but I also think they're two the same thing, because if you forgive those that have wronged you, and then you move on, it's in their court now, not yours. I like that.
2: Yeah, me too. Okay. I'm all about fuck them. I like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wasn't saying that. By no all means right. was I saying that. <laughs> <laughs> If you had a choice on being a number one country singer or a rock and roll star, which one would you be?
2: I going to say rock and roll. Damn, you're from Georgia. I'm I'm cutting no, 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 no,
0: no. here. Though. Hold on. You know he had to say rock and roll because he got that Brett Michaels headband kicking
4: <laughs> his day. <laughs> hey, poison all the way, baby. But no, it's 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 it's, it's that. If we're talking old school country, we're talking like Randy Travis. We're talking like back in there. See, they didn't leave that good life. But see, there's always been a rock and roll mind frame that's always been living it up. The only ones that are country music living it up are the ones right now that think they're rock and roll.
2: Facts.
0: Facts. Nice.
4: Morgan
2: Morgan Wallen is cookie cutter. Country country wasn't cool, baby.
0: Okay. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Look at Megan. She, I, I, I nailed it.
4: Prince. I'm growing the hair. We'll see how it goes.
3: Yeah. Uh-oh. Here's a big one.
1: It's a big one. Prince or Michael Jackson?
4: Prince. Yes. Ah. Yes. Ah. Oh, my god. Number one MC yes. of all time. Don't care. So I'm talking about. He did everything
3: in a band time. better than anybody that ever did it. Sorry.
4: <laughs> you talk about lyrics. lyrics that's nice house, pieces, that never man happened. died. How many songs that man had that weren't even listed? Album after album. Best entertainer ever. I was yeah. waiting for that question. Thank
3: you. Oh, shit. <laughs> damn! Man, <stumped laughs> I never heard anybody uh, retort back on the on the. DJ Royalty hot seat. That's, that's
1: something new right there. <laughs> that's crazy right there. I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words on that one. All right. So.
3: Oh, my bad. My bad.
1: My last one. My last one. If you were Chris Rock at the night of the Oscars and Will Ooh. Smith came down and slapped the shit out of you like he did, do you, A, react the way Chris Rock did, why did you be go after his ass for what he did to you? I Think love, about the stage. Think about the no, stage. No, no. Think no, about no, the- no, no,
4: no. Now you got to remember the lifestyle I've lived, the person yep. I am, uh-huh. who I am as a as a yep. stature wise. I've taken it all on the chin, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. I like that long con. I love that long term. Gotcha. Because mm-hmm. that's what he did. He waited. Yeah, he, he waited. Done an, he could have done a number of things, but
3: Chris he, sat back and said, I'm going to take it. That All special right. that he had, that was amazing.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah. it was. It a was. live yeah. one? It was just. Yeah. Give it up to my man. I mean, you're talking about a Mac drop. Yeah. Give it up to my man Dusty, man. Yeah, yeah
3: absolutely.
0: You yeah. did
3: well, buddy. Was, you did well. That's, that's well. one of the best
0: ones so far. It's going to be hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be yeah. hard to
3: beat. All right, but let's I'm get into these picks. Here we it. go. All right, last week, last, last week, week uh and beat Auburn 27-10. Why'd you have to
1: put the score on there, Ty? Come on, man. That's <laughs> disrespectful, that. he man. He did that shit
3: on purpose, no. Scott. You know he did. I oh, <laughs> have to. I mean, I did every other week, too. I guess oh, I I I so so you're being consistent. Thing. I was so cool. Uh, Oregon beat Colorado 42-6. to Georgia beat UAB 49-21. UK handled <laughs> Vanderbilt 45-28. And, of course, FSU uh, beat Clemson 31-24. On
1: I only lost one game. I know that's right.
2: Me too.
3: Yeah. I lost one picking with Scott. I'll never
2: fucking do that again.
0: Well, you bet- George alert in so- the first half.
1: <laughs> it worked out for you last. It worked out for you the week before. It did. Yeah. That was bad. And that's why people don't bet. Or <laughs> All right, so, right. So so, where are we standing in the standings we- right now before we Here's pick. where we
3: stand right now. Oh. Matt and Scott are 16-4. Me <laughs> and four. Yeah. Man, Al are 17-3. and three. Yeah. All right, I so break here, here we, we go. Who's first?
1: Who went first last time? They don't they don't go first this time. We'll, I we'll went first, first last time. But he was kicking our
3: ass.
1: Who went first yeah. last time? I did. All right, I'll go first. I'll go first. Uh, Texas A&M versus Arkansas. I'm going Texas A&M. Ladies and gentlemen, I know this is going to make your seats hot but it's not going to make mine hot. I'm taking Colorado over USC. With my chest out, I'm going to say it because I just believe that you're not going to see the same thing that you saw twice in a row. I've never seen Deion get his butt kicked back to back. I'm sticking with it. I'm taking Colorado versus USC. I said again, Colorado versus USC. I'm taking Colorado. I am going to take Georgia over Auburn. Yeah. Ooh, we UK versus Florida.
0: That's a good one.
2: Tough
1: one. I just need one one thing, Ty. What was the score of that last UK Kentucky game? Just go back one. Point. Uh
3: the, I 42, think they they won 30 Yeah, 42-20 or something like that.
1: So they're putting up some points.
3: Yeah, they got a little they got a brand new offense coordinator, new quarterback. They they do have a pretty good offense.
1: I'm
0: I right. selling them Kentucky Wildcats.
1: I'm I'm sticking with Kentucky. And for the buy for the uh, BYE versus FSU, I'm taking Florida State University once again.
2: Who the fuck is BYE? I
3: thought it was, I thought it was, was, was BYU.
1: buy. I thought it was BYU.
3: <laughs> who the fuck is BYE? Is that a high school? Or are they no, FSU's no FSU's on a buy. So oh, so so
1: then who are we gonna pick? I
3: don't know. I thought that was I thought I, that, I thought I that was to bring BYU that up during our production meeting. Dusty, what's
1: your team? team, Notre Dame? Dusty, what's Duke your team? Notre Dame. I'm
4: saying I'm saying pick the Duke Notre Dame
1: game.
2: Okay, okay,
1: yeah, let's do that one. We'll go that Duke, way. Duke Notre Dame. Oh, wait.
2: That's the cut one. one. All
1: right. I, you know what? Because your name is Dusty, and I was on the call with my man Rusty, and Rusty is a Notre Dame fan. I'm gonna go with i go with Notre Dame. I'm riding with my man Rusty. You know what I'm saying? From Balfour Beatty. I'm riding with the, with my OG Rusty. and I'm <laughs> gonna go. That's where I'm going.
0: That's All my right. pick. So you got I, got you. I
3: got you locked yep. in, Scott.
0: Yep. ANM, AM, Colorado, Georgia, Kentucky. Notre Dame, right? Notre Dame. I don't know nothing about Notre Dame, but I'm and going you to. Love the, you love the left side of the leaderboard. I do. I do.
2: Who's up? Go ahead, Al. AM, USC, Georgia, UK, Notre Slow Dame. Slow
1: down. Slow down, Tito. You've been by that real fast. <laughs> 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 Slow down there. What'd you say? Texas right. AM. And what's the second
2: one? USC. What? what? Okay. Okay. Georgia. UK, uh, Notre Dame.
1: So, uh, quick question: You said USC because what? You think they're going to get beat like
2: they did against Oregon? Oh, yes. You think
1: it's going to be worse?
2: I think it'll be worse. Okay. No, it'll be worse. But they've been they've been to catch that double L.
1: Okay. All right, Matt J.
0: So. Arkansas times, surprised you know. Arkansas surprised some people this weekend, and LSU had to come down to the end to beat them. And LSU is a good ass football team. Average. Texas A&M's quarterback got hurt last weekend, when they had the backup in. But that guy, he's he's pretty good as well. That's oh, like DJ, a, son. yeah, that's a oh my goodness man, that's a it's that's a, a tough, tough one, one to pick. Bro. It is for sure. But I'm gonna go with Texas A&M, and I'm gonna tell you why right now. Because if I don't go to Texas A&M, I'm gonna oh, get yeah, like, you better yeah, you're gonna have to household. come sleep over here.
2: You but, may get no booty <laughs> if you take Texas a <laughs> I do
0: believe Texas a is going to win. I think they're going to pull it out. I think what you're going to find is they're going to have a new quarterback this week. Uh, uh, Colorado USC. Go ahead. I ain't going to be mad at you. Go ahead. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to go USC. And the reason yeah. I'm going USC is because. The type of game that they had last week, I'm just thinking that Colorado may come in with such a chip on their shoulder that it's going to take a while for them to get moving. And they're going to go in there chippy, right? They're going to go in there angry. And uh, USC has been playing pretty lights out here in in the first part of the season. I think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think USC is going to pull it out. Okay. George is going to destroy Auburn. Oh, Kentucky, Florida. That's I'm going to go t- with Florida because Florida also surprised everybody with Tennessee, and I think that uh, Kentucky's playing well. But Kentucky was right at the same point that Tennessee was when Florida played Tennessee, and they they, they kind of sent that message. So if they let them running backs run loose, Kentucky's going to have a, a, a hard time with that. So I think Florida's going to win, and then I'm taking Notre Dame.
3: All right. Got you locked in, Matt. I've got uh, Arkansas. Uh USC uh Georgia uh UK and Notre Dame.
1: Notre Dame, he says. Yep. All right, my man Dusty, you in the Dusty, building?
4: You,
2: you up, baby? Come on. Can man. I get
4: okay, so so we're gonna go we're gonna go with KJ Jefferson up in Arkansas. He's gonna take it. Jimbo Good Fisher pick. is not gonna handle that. After that freaking battle they have with Auburn, it's going to go to Arkansas. Okay. Colorado is going to get it at home. USC is notorious for staggering around every single year and getting out there and losing to somebody that everybody else said they ain't going to lose to. They've been dabbling in it. They should have lost to Arizona State last week. Colorado's going to win. My man. I'm man. a Georgia fan. Man,
3: Dusty's coming hard. Damn, son. I'm a Georgia fan. A fan. Let's do this.
4: Bro, my entire family is all analysts. Like they, That's what they did for their life. My son's an gotcha. analyst.
3: Okay. Georgia,
4: we're going to not play in the first half because we don't know how to play in the first half. We're allergic to the first and second quarter for some reason. We're going <laughs> to scratch it out because Hugh Freeze is going to come in there with a freaking chip on her shoulder. We're going to pull it out. It's going to be by about a touchdown, maybe 10 points
0: because we ain't got a quarterback that's setting no, himself up yet. For so they're going to do what they did against South Carolina, is what you're saying. Bobo. Bobo, Bobo, Bobo. <laughs>
4: that is the reason that we cannot <laughs> figure out what we're doing. <laughs> Having said that, where, where's that game at, UK, Florida? Is that at UK? Uh,
3: No, it's at Florida. It's in the swamp. It's in the swamp. It's in the swamp, baby.
4: They're giving too much credit to that Florida D. They really are. That's gonna be UK. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now, Duke
0: Texas. Oh Duke. Duke at home. Dusty did tell everybody when he started and threw out that he's really smart, so I could see why he would pick yeah. Duke.
3: I tell you I'm what, that, that Duke Hall. quarterback, I was saying this the Is other day. Legit. Duke quarterbacks are always like the most technically sound quarterbacks with the best footwork. The best vision, it seems like they're all the stereotypical 6'3", 6'4", 215 pounds. And every time you see a Duke quarterback, they look great on the field. I know they don't win all the time, but and fundamentally, they're they all pretty the NFL. Yeah, yeah, they, exactly. They make it into the boardroom, though, I'll tell you that. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: it's
4: Notre Dame beat Ohio State. Hands down, Notre Dame beat Ohio State, but then they beat themselves after that. That's what happened. I mean Brian Day needs to you gonna come after an 86 year old man? I mean Lou Holtz is the king of Act Like You've Been There Before just I'm sorry. I just yeah. don't go after an old man. Don't go after an old man. Just win your you know, <laughs> congratulate your boys, say your quarterback play great, say your old line helps you out, and then roll on.
3: Yeah. Well Let's see who who went against their pick this week with uh I did. okay, you yeah, okay. I already picked that they were going to lose. All right. Everybody pretty good there. Al went
0: against their pick, if you look at it. Or actually, you didn't go against yours. You, you did. But Scott went against his, and Al, uh, he he's going to stick with his for the rest of the
3: year, I think. So Maybe. some of our future guests we got coming up here, uh, 5 October, who we got there?
2: My man, Dan Street.
3: Hey, Tal.
0: Looks like another Georgia boy. God, that's three. Yeah, he's another boys. Georgia one, man.
2: That's yes, College Park's finest, hey. baby. Hey, CPT hey. in the
3: house.
1: Uh, i should be coming live from mexico
3: (laughs) on 12 october matt and i talked to eric Knowles. we're going to have him on the uh on the podcast with the article 15 comedy tour he's a marine veteran he's gonna come on and talk about the uh comedy tour so we're we're excited to hear his story and see where this uh comedy tour goes and then uh on 19 october we got mine and Rudd's uh command sergeant major i knew him as a platoon sergeant acting first sergeant he went to germany to be a first sergeant came back with the operational sergeant major and command sergeant major for the 769th mp, MP battalion he's going to be our guest on 19 october
2: daddy night and,
3: and then uh we just got this confirmed today me and uh, uh matt had talked uh and laura murray is going to come on two november she is the founder of the rescue for ptsd uh, basically what this organization does is they get service dogs for for veterans for free they will either train your dog they will get you a dog to train and they also have a fostering uh, possibility so you can foster a dog a, a dog that's in training in order to help it get trained and then they'll give it to a veteran service member afterwards so we'll have her on on two November and then uh, I don't have a picture yet but nine November we're gonna have who is this here Matt so
0: me and al know these guys really well i think scott knows rudy i don't know if you know christian but christian was in recruiting for a long time christian stover and i pretty much started together and ended recruiting together so he was a a, a lieutenant in 03 when i was at e5 second class and then we met again with al in new orleans for recruiting and uh that at that point we, we went our separate ways but we've known him for a long time great leader good guy and then he's going to be joined by the legendary Christopher Rudolph. Mm. the guy that ran with Don Massey for a little bit in Miami. They were in the gun show every day. Rudy Rudy by the tight shirts and move their arms around so they could show the guns, but uh, to the two guys there, people that uh, I know Al will probably speak to it as well, Scott if you know them like they they're, they're guys that they're just like Don Massey. They're just like yep. Sergeants. They're they're people that are going to come on and, and give you things that will help you but they're people that were, they were amazing to work for. I can't wait
2: to talk to them. I owe, I owe those two guys a, a big part of my career. Those guys are impressive. Yeah.
3: All right. it's a, it a lot of fun, guys. I really appreciate this. Uh, Rudd, I really appreciate you coming on. Guys, I'm Rudd, glad you my got to meet, yeah, meet love you, Rudd and, and hear Rudd's story. Hey, Rudd, can you uh, can you tell mm. me a little something before we let you go here about the uh, Veterans Center and then maybe talk about uh, what that thing you have possibly come up with the ayahuasca?
4: Yeah, so I, um, I'm i currently a volunteer based on school right now because God knows I'm trying to find something to do as far as a job. Um, I'm a volunteer at the Vet Center three days a week, and I work with a vast majority of Vietnam veterans, and they come in, and every single one of these guys is dealt with. And I hate, I'm hate i not saying this by any means to, to pull away from anybody else, but every single one of those guys deserve – guys, girls, whoever deserves 100% disability, they deserve every set – Every single bit of mental health care that they can get, and they are afraid to do it because they were treated so poorly for so many years and were never advocated for it. And I got these guys coming in to me, talking to me all the time, and the internal thought process, when some, one of these guys talks to you, it's like, this guy's elderly, and they're going to talk to me about this. That is not these people, man. They are seriously interesting individuals and it it really i'm telling you if i've never ever found anything in my life that has made me feel better after talking to somebody it's every single time one of these guys checks into the desk and asks me a question and checks in i work with these guys like i said three days a week and there's not enough advocation for these people whether it be from that era going forward but they're going to have about 27 percent of vietnam veterans are going to make it to 90 they're not it's just it's just not going to happen and and i'm going to say about the ayahuasca retreat and i will say one more thing and i'll i cut me off i'm i'm looking into this ayahuasca retreat with heroic hearts heroic hearts is founded by a 75th ranger detached or regiment individual that is now advocating with congress to get psychedelics on the docket for veterans whether it be to the va or just in general to these states. Now, the psychedelics he's looking at is MDMA and psilocybin, which is MDMA is the ecstasy, what everyone call it, and psilocybin is the, the mushrooms. It's not the level of what I did. It's more of a functionality and sustainable thing, kind of like the SSRIs and the medications that the VA does. It's something like that, but they are really pushing hard for this. And this company that I work with is extremely good. I just got off my call on Monday, with the pharmacist and she asked me questions about what I would want to do. It was really informative and it's such a great experience. It's, it's three ayahuasca ceremonies in the course of five days in the Peruvian jungle. You are in it and it ain't. there's no faking it. You're going into this and you're gonna live that life. Mm. I am trying to start a center for adults with special needs because I know how much issues I have and I can convey my problems There are individuals that test out of high school that are disabled, whether it be autism, Asperger's, Down syndrome, that cannot convey how they feel and how they are. And they go home and they don't have any kind of thing to do. And I'm going to start a facility for where they can go interact with people that have the same interaction and feeling and emotions that they do. And they can work at a concession stand, and give back to each other while they're making money. That is something I'm going to do on my own. But I do want to reach out and find a nonprofit for myself to give back to veterans, to also take them on retreats in the same capacity of what I did and not only do the retreat, but then go and do excursions around the area, almost as if it was like a cruise to where you in- like you engulf yourself in the environment while you're there, you don't just go and come back and reset new environment. You go, you involve yourself with that community, you feel it. Then you come back home and bring what you have.
3: My man, that's what i well, I think about. we lost out there. Maybe his power went out. <laughs> it looked like. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, I tell you, Dusty, for, for for my end of what you just said, you want to do. I know that we're at the end of it, but uh, stuff like that, special needs runs runs deep in our family. I mean, we have family members that have autism, and and, and they would benefit well from something like that. So I'm 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 in. If if you want help or if there's anything I can do to help you get that off the ground, please reach out to all of us here at the podcast. We'd love to help you and, and make that a reality because that's just something that is needed, and it's it's just, you know, in, in those worlds would be just like veterans, man. People don't understand it, but they need help, and and, and it just takes guys like you that know that help is, is given, and as long as you take it, it it'll it'll go well, and uh, I'm in. I want to help. Yep. That's all about it.
1: They say the two most important days that you're ever going to have is the day that you're born and the day that you figure out why. That's the key. My man Dusty. Between. Yep. My man Dusty, you right here, brother. I appreciate you coming out. This is the Triple Threat Vet Podcast. You were live with my man Dusty Rub, my new bud, in the (laughs) building. You know, and like always, my man Ty in the bottom left. You got anything for us, Ty?
3: I'm good to go, brother.
1: My man, Matt J, up in the top. You got anything for us? I'm good. My man, Dusty Rub, my bud. You got anything left before we get out of here tonight?
4: Nah, everybody be good.
1: Salute to you, my brother. I am DJ Royalty. This is the Triple Threat Vet Podcast, and you have tuned in again for another episode. We love you. To everybody who comes and watches us, everybody who looks at us around the world, we appreciate you. We love you. Before I go, I want to give one shout out to the labor of love, and everybody who came out to feed the homeless this last weekend. It couldn't have been done without you. I didn't want to leave anybody out. I love you guys. You guys come back next week. Till then, let your next day be your best day. I am DJ T, and we out.